Yeah, dude, I got into a beatbox battle with a child at work the other day. Like, she just looked, she looked up at me and she was, you know how, like, kids will just say the same phrase over and over again rhythmically? She was doing that, and so I was, like, bebopping to it, and then I started beatboxing, but she didn't know how to beatbox, so I'd be like, and then she would just look at me and be like, and it was like that scene from Men in Black, but if one of the children just couldn't, like, if one of the guys couldn't speak that well. So it, so it would be like if, like, if uh, the uh, male dude looked at Will Smith and was like, and then Will Smith was just like, yeah. I am a rap boy. Boom. Sorry, it's not my first language. <laughs> it's not my first language. I'm on Duolingo, and you know, I, I entered an alien beatbox language, and I've just been learning the basics right now. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time, it's time for a load. I'm talking about a load. A load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about mm. he, the B, to the L-A-K-E, it's Blake Tanner. Talking about that sweet load of BS. Talking about that sweet guy, Scotty Moore. He's the S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
I'm sorry, I can still rap the whole thing, but I mean, I just can't remember it. Oh, guys, hopping around, Tokyo City like it. That was a good one. I, yeah, we yeah. listened to that one for ages. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because it was during, like, that Weeble stuff era, where, like, if you were in school near a computer and the teacher wasn't doing anything, you would just go over to the computer and watch Weeble stuff for a very long time. That, or you'd pop on Newgrounds for a while, because that was See, back before... Well, Newgrounds always had that dark side, but it was the place that you would go for funny Flash videos and games and shit like that, too. The most trouble I think I ever got into was with my grandfather was I was watching an old Newgrounds animation about Toy Story where they went into Andy's parents' room and trying to find toys there, and one of the things they found was a gun. So they gave that to Woody to play with, and to Buzz they gave a lightsaber, which happened to be his mother's vibrator. At the time, I didn't know it was a vibrator. I just thought it was this funny thing they found. And at the end of the Flash animation, because obviously it's Newgrounds, he shoots his arm off with the gun. And I'm losing it laughing, and so they all come up like, What'd you watch that was so funny? I'm like, here, let me show you. Oh, no. And then my papa, with all the seriousness of the world, I was like, ah, you know. That's supposed to represent a man's penis. That is a man's penis that boy has in his hand. How dare you watch this horrible thing? Son, that is a man's penis. <laughs> As opposed to a boy or perhaps a velociraptor, that is a man's penis. <laughs> Matter of fact, that looks strangely like my penis, all six feet long and veiny. Yeah. That's, and that's why I couldn't get on Newgrounds for a very long time after that, and I had to stick to Weevil's world. That's why I'm, I still know uh, Magical Trevor. Oh, God. Everyone loves Magical Trevor. So, how has your week been, my dude? Oh, we haven't had a chance to go into it, because fuck all has happened. <laughs> um, Not other a than the damn... fact that we have entered our sixth straight week of having... No power to half the house. Wait, legit? Wait. <laughs> Obviously this half does. Yes. Um, actually, once you go just a little bit over there, it, it ain't. Um, <laughs> the dark side of the Blake. Yep. As a matter of fact, my television has been on for the first time in weeks because I decided, fuck it, I just want to plug my TV up because I want to watch TV. yeah. Shit, dude, so you just don't have shit, do you? I ain't got shit. I also it, wanted to plug it up so I could Chromecast the uh, the pay-per-view that was happening tonight, but... That was a mistake. It was a mistake, and I didn't do it. Yeah, um, yeah, with me, like, my week has been nothing but, like, trying to get the JWF pay-per-view, and then I went to see, um, I went to see... I was about to call it nothing but trouble, but I know it's infected my life, Blake. <laughs> it's... Nothing but trouble, because, like, after we recorded the episode talking about it, I was like, I want to listen to the Flophouse episode of it, and I listened to that, and it was just, like, nothing but a better version of what we did. Oh, yes. That was, it, it got, it gets me, because that was one of the only ones that has John Hodgman as a guest on it. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very good. But, no, I went to see uh, Sorry to Bother You, which is a, it's one of those films that, like, you see the commercial for it, and you're like, that looks like it'd be really good but you never follow through on seeing it. But with this one, I loved the premise so much that I was like, no, I have to see it. And Blake, this movie will fuck you up. It will mm. fuck you up mentally. Like, there's a huge... 
normally we get into spoiler territory. I'm not because there's a spoiler that will fuck your life up for like a solid day. Like, I think I had an anxiety attack from it that lasted through the night into the morning. And after it was over, I was like, that was a really good movie. But damn, that was fucked up. That was so weird. You know what a weird thing is? Yeah. I had people say something similar after they saw The Diviners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can uh, see that. Uh. When, uh, what was his name? Special Boy Toby drowns in the river? Uh, sure. No, no, the whole time, their anxiety attack, the whole time they're just quiet, like, jelly beans, jelly beans, jelly beans. Where the, be- where the beans, where the beans, where the beans at? Oh, man, uh, uh. so man on a horse with a bean hat. Did you just say bean hat? Yeah, you- I said bean hat. That, um, that sounds like it should be a racial term, and I don't like it. <laughs> oh, look at that bean hat over there. No, it's it's a racist. My hats for a, are not. <laughs> it's racist for a ter- for like a race that doesn't exist. So you could just say anything, and you, people would think it's right. So just like, man, I hate how those bean hats they come around and rub jam all over the glass windows. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> those Wait, fucking, you mean hipsters? You know those bean hats. Oh, man. I think my favorite thing to come out of seeing, um, sorry for bothering you, though, was the discovery of the coup, who is the guy, the guy who wrote and directed the movie Boots Riley. He has, he has been in a band for, like, 20 years called The Coup, and they're, like, the biggest, um, like, political hip-hop band of all time. My boy, I, I just want you to imagine this pale, corpulent vision of this white man Driving through Anniston, Alabama, blasting political hip hop out of the windows, just like, yeah, they are keeping us down. Fuck the fuck the system. Political hip hop, dude. It's some bot. They're really damn good. I got I actually got mad because after the movie was over, I learned that the previous I think it was the previous Thursday. At the theater, we the specific theater we went to, they had a Q and A with Boots Riley right after the showing. So I could have met Boots Riley, my new favorite political hip hop artist. Oh, that's so unfortunate. I know, right? That fucking sucks. But yeah, you know the uh, song in the trailer that that oh yeah, do do do, all right, do do do, oh yeah, that song. Yeah, that's the uh. coup. See, I've never seen the trailer, but I know the song you're talking about mm-hmm. just by that. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, I know that song. Totally. The song with some beats and guys going, oh, yeah, that's my favorite jam of all time, my dude. I I, I prefer the all right parts. All right's all right. good. Is it bad that in, in the song, instead of saying, oh, yeah, on the second beat, they say, hell, yeah, instead? And for some reason, I was like... That's so fucking edgy. I love them. They're so good. Those edgelords, they said hell in a hip-hop song. Man, how fucking edgy is that shit? Hey, France won the World Cup. Yes! Merci, mon amis. Congratulations, Pele Football. I don't know how to say team. De France, per victoire ou la coupe de la terre. No fucking clue if I said that correctly. It's I'm fun. So- they... on, the, on the latest Opposite Attractions, I spoke in French, like, very fluently, and I got real proud, and I was like, I can do it! I can do it again! Ooh. What was the score? 
Oh fuck if I know. Come on, man! You gotta know this. The pe- we're the we're people's one-stop shop yeah. for World Cup coverage. The sad thing was, um, so it was France versus Croatia. In the round beforehand, it was Croatia versus England, and it was so close. We were so close to having that final battle of France versus England. The final battle, leading France onto the stage today. Is David Diggs reprising his role of Lafayette? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes, it is the undead corpse of Napoleon. <laughs> and leading England in is one of the 50 actors they've gotten to portray King George and Hamilton and the undead corpse of John Lennon. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm getting word. Sir Ian McKellen is flying in on a giant eagle. Wait, why an eagle? That seems very American. No, it's not bald. It's a that's normal because beak. that's the thing that Gandalf flew on. Oh, but you wouldn't okay. know that. I'm sorry. No, it's it's got to be something English. So he flies in on a giant Jaffa cake. Well, let me spread the delicious orange goo to you all. <laughs> See, that's when it comes in though, because it's Patrick Stewart. Except he flies in on the USS Enterprise. But the thing that you I got might that not know reference. is that the character he played on Star Trek The Next Generation, Jean-Luc Picard, was French. Oh, Twist. shit. And so now there's a giant fight between Ian McKellen on a giant sentient flying Java cake. Wait, no, 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 no. It's, it looks exactly like the USS Enterprise, except the disc on the back is a giant Jaffa cake. And he bat- he does a giant sky battle with Patrick Stewart on the in the Enterprise, and that's how France won the World Cup. Yep, I like okay. fantasy booking the World Cup. It's much more fun than the real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. What it was was everyone's favorite French idol, um, Monsieur Cookie Monster, <laughs> came out and ate the giant USS Jaffa Enterprise. We oui, we oui, cookies. We oui, we oui, cookies. It was his uh, cheat day. Delicieux, monsieur. <sighs> J'aime le cinéma pour voir le film Ratatouille. Oh man, so, I like. I like. <laughs> oh. So, yep. Have you have you gotten in on the sparkling water kick yet? This like flavorless or flavored sugarless shit. You mean flavored flavorless? Like it, you could easily put the two words flavored and flavorless on them. You mean like yeah. I just did? Yeah, like I got I got into that with Lacroix for a while because like the cherry lime Lacroix was tolerable. But my favorite thing on the planet are still all the memes talking about how shitty LaCroix is. Like, someone was like, LaCroix tastes like when you filled up your Gatorade bottle for the fourth time after finishing it. Even even among some of the flavored waters that I've had, LaCroix is still probably some of the worst. But that's because it's it's zero everything. Most others have at least a little bit of sodium in them. Yeah. See, with me, I enjoyed, um, there, there, there's this rip-off brand that Walmart sells specifically, and I used to stock up on it. Is that bubbly? It's not bu- well, no, no, yeah, it is. It's like soda. It's like soda water. 
Yeah. I, th- I think there's a difference between bubbly and soda water. Because, like, sparkling, like, Perrier and stuff, I swear to God, it has, like, No, no rock- I mean the brand name. Wait, what? It's is bubbly. It I don't think it's called bubbly. There's no way that uh, Walmart was so fucking uncreative. They were just like, what do we call this bubbly shit? I guess bubbly. I'm just looking up bubbly water, and I'm fully... Oh, no, I'm seeing it. I oh, see yeah. It. I mean, it's a real thing. I have a box in my fridge right now. And it's not two Bs. It's only one B. It's only bubbly. one B. It's bubbly. It literally looks like it's spelled. Someone tried to spell Michael Bublé's name wrong. <laughs> this is Bublé. It's real Bublé. Very good. No, mine is even less down the uh, down the scale than that. But all I remember is when I got my first tattoo, and I passed the fuck out during it because my blood <laughs> sugar was low. I woke up, and I just had this massive bottle of strawberry sparkling water in my hand, and it tasted. Like godly, godly juices, as I put it to my lips. I was like, oh, that's unicorn piss. It's so good. So, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite sparkling water, but otherwise, yeah. It's always had, like, a very weird, like, almost metallic taste to me. Like, Perrier. I remember one time I was oh, like, oh, God, Perrier I'll... is the worst abomination on the, this world. I was like, I want to be fancy, and fancy people drink the Perrier. Oh, this tastes like garbage. Ugh. It tastes like it just came out of a robot's asshole. What? <laughs> I think what it is is it's fancy because fancy people can afford to buy Perrier and then spit it out. Whereas with us, we're like, we spent $50,000 on this case of Perrier. You have to drink every last one of them or else we're being wasteful. Do they drink it like a fucking wine tasting? It's like, mm, hold on, you've got to, you got to, yes, you've got to let the, you air it out. you got to let it breathe for a little bit. Mm. No, no, no. You're giving Ooh, it too Shit. Mm, you're wonderful. Gi- you're giving it too much time in the mouth. I think it's more like... Nope. And then it's out. That's it. It's only a hint. It touches the tongue for a second. Actually, my good man, you're supposed to snort it through your nostrils. There's gotta be something. A Perrier enema. Have a nice Perrier enema. Shove it right up there. The fizzing bubbles work a bit like the scrubbing bubbles. They clean you straight out. It's basically where it deserves to be anyway. Straight up your ass. Hello, we're the fancy people. We also called the World Cup a few minutes ago. Oh, yes, it was a very good thing that we saw the last-minute penalty smack. (laughs) All right, and then, of course, Lafroy coming in with that last-minute penalty smack on bottom teeth. And now bottom teeth gets the free kick at the giant Jaffa balloon. Oh, man, it's the guy that flops and rolls around a lot. He's not even on one of these teams. Oh, and wait, who is that? It's Roman Reigns coming in to defeat all the teams. Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, wait, it's the sentient Battletoad coming to beat up (laughs) Roman Reigns. Oh, that's a wrestling thing. Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, a weekly podcast about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Oh, it's going to be one of these weeks, isn't it? It's going to... Yeah, this is going to be... The other day, I got bored and went back and listened to one of our older episodes. I think it was one entitled, 
when did this get weird? And I think this is going to be a when did this get weird style episode where we just fucking go off because nothing's happened in our lives this week. Pretty much. All I've done is finish up my IT time being Freakazoid. Now I'm no longer Freakazoid. They they re-zap the powers away from me. Oh, no. So now I'm just kind of back to being a regular Zoid. Yeah, so now if anyone tells you what's wrong with their, like, their computer's acting up, you have no fucking idea what to say. Like, you have this static in your head, and in between the static, you could vaguely hear the words, turn off, turn on again, but you have no idea what the fuck that means. You're like, I've got no clue what I can tell them. I'm sorry, I think, I think the solution is, you need to turn me on. Turn me on, and let's get off again. What the fuck? I just came up with a really good funk song. <laughs> Why have we not started the funk group with our hit single, Turn Me On and Let's Get Off? Would that be called Funk Boys? It's the fuck. <laughs> Welcome to Funk Boys, the <laughs> weekly podcast about getting it. Getting it. Just getting it. So wait, hold on. Holy shit. Is that why it's called Getting Off? Because it's two people who have been turned on, and they need to be, through life, switched off. This also sounds like a fucked up version to, like, a pornographic intro to, like, Galaxy Quest or something. So, like, yeah, once you turn, once you you get turned, you must unturn. So, this is our new quantum leap. We're just like, he goes from lover to lover, praying that one time... He, that would be the time to get off and get home. But no, that would be the last come home. Gosh, the way that you structured that is the way that only someone who has never seen an episode of Quantum Leap but only heard his friend talk about it on the podcast could do. My name is... Welcome to the Quantum Leap podcast. I'm Garrett Leap. This is my buddy, Jeff Quantum, and today we're going to discuss episode 27 of season 5, where... For the 37th time. Where B.A. Barakis helps our hero out through an episode of A-Team. No, where our hero becomes B.A. Barakis and helps him overcome his fear of flying. <laughs> Because that's the only thing we know about B.A. Barakis. That's the one thing. And they always had to drug him whenever they needed to fly. Yeah, that's it. So wait, hold on. I like this idea of, like, this constant crossover. So, like, he gets turned into B.A. Barakis, so now he's on the A-team. They get in an airplane. The airplane gets caught in, like, a fucking hurricane. They land in the Wizard of Oz. Then on the path towards the Wizard of Oz, they land in Normal Oz, the prison show. Then they meet the guys from Prison Break. And then, on their way back to Oz, they actually uh, mistime it, and they get the word wrong, or they get the wrong letters, and they end up in the O.C. In the O.C.? Where are we? California! <laughs> California! So, yeah, I think, man, the greatest crossover, that's really the greatest crossover event in history right there, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. But, Blake, do you want to know where you can get the greatest t-shirts in history? Man, that was quite a crossover to get to that, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. 
Merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the only website where you can go to get your official merch for all your favorite BS Network programs. You like Fight Boys? Get you some Fight Boys merch. You like Opposite Attractions? Look, you've had a good week. Get some Mopat merch. If you like Fun Fiction, definitely get one of those. And if you love these two beautiful, cute little... Pose for the camera. Pose for them. Pose what? for them. What? Hello? Let them know I'm how sorry, play. the TV was on. <laughs> if you want to support this cute face here, just get some BS merch over at Merch the... Love- <laughs> 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 It was like the intro to a porno, like, like just entering and then like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you come in. I've just been trying to get my TV to work. It's so dark on the other side of my house. Come with me and I'll show you. And then we can fuck in the darkness. And pray that the next fuck will be the last fuck home. It's going to be the worst porno ever. No one can see anything. No, dude, that's the beauty. That's how we make the money is no one has to fuck. They just have to do a whole lot of ADR on it. <laughs> and you just imagine the fuck. Imagine that fuck. It's like the Billy creepy room Billy Madison had where it just had like a bu- Why did they never bring that up in Billy Madison ever again that he has a creepy porn shed? And she was just like, oh, this is fine. This is okay. <laughs> oh, man. You'd get arrested so fast nowadays. Oh, of course you would. Holy well, shit. Welcome to Billy's Creepy Porn Shed. I'll be your host tonight, oh, Jenkins. Man. I guess this does kind of lead into what I want to do for our second segment, which is we've done a lot of fictional shows. We've done a lot of we've made a lot of fictional movies and fictional like television shows. I want to get in on that good MTV money. I want to get in on the next the ridiculousness, and more specifically, the pickup artist. Oh, so, no. So, Blake, it can either be a movie or a show. What's our pickup artist movie? And it cannot be the pickup artist starring Robert Downey Jr. Are you sure you want to do this? Because the first one that comes to mind is a certain winner of our Buckwild movie tournament. <laughs> Wait, what? So it's nothing. So it's uh, fucking Dan Aykroyd from Nothing But Trouble, but he's teaching you how to get ladies. I mean, have you have you seen that? He has two kids. He definitely knows how to fuck. That guy fucks. Look at that dick nose. He fucks. He's charming enough to just get a free performance out of Digital Underground. <laughs> okay. Do we do a prequel to Nothing But Trouble? And it's called Nothing But Fucking. (laughs) Um, Or Fucking But Trouble. Yes, it's fuck. No, it's Fucking But with two T's. Fucking But Trouble. (laughs) Okay, so it's a prequel, and it's Dan Aykroyd's character as a younger man, except he still is just... So fucking nasty. He is. Ju- he is so. His nose looks like an actual penis. Now I don't know if it's because I just saw the funky movie. Uh, sorry, sorry to bother you, but I really like the idea of this being set like in the seventies, and mm-hmm. 
And yes, of course, Dan Aykroyd's character has a giant fucking afro. <laughs> He's just like, hey, you kids, I just want to teach you how to fuck today. So wait, no, that's what it is. He has to... (laughs) Okay, hold on. We're going to be blending a few genres here. But he used to have a job at a high, a place of high learning as their fuck coach, but got fired because he ended up fucking students, which you would think, he was just like, well, what do you mean? I was just trying to teach him how to fucking, this is the best way. Well, yeah, I was just trying to do the do the good old fuck with them, you know? And they're like, no, you can't do that. You have to teach them, but you can't do it with them. And so... But I've built this roller coaster that's all about fucking. <laughs> it's fucking coaster. It's Mr. Fuck Stripper. <laughs> okay. And so instead, he has to go and teach fucking to a... Uh, a seedy, a seedy middle, like, not middle school, a seedy, like, high school in, like, the ghetto. And he has, and there's, like, most of the kids, like, ignore him, but he feels like there's this one who really is embracing his teachings and he takes us under his arm to really teach the art of fucking. <laughs> so, like, he, he, he takes him over his shoulder. He's like, well, boy, I'll tell you, ever since, ever since I've came here, I've taught you guys <clears throat> the art. Or I've taught you guys about how to fuck. I've taught you guys the knowledge of fucking. But with you, I'm going to teach you the art of fucking. <laughs> and to do that, we're going to have to go down to the city that always fucks. New Orleans. <laughs> okay. Go in- Okay, now we're doing... First we had that big crossover earlier. Now we're doing yep. the biggest genre crossover of all time. <laughs> because you know what happens in New Orleans? They meet a certain bad lieutenant who knows how to fuck. No! <laughs> no, but yes, I can't have it, but I need it. <laughs> okay. God. So they show up. Wait! No. He's not, because this is the 70s, and bad lieutenant takes place in the 2000s. Do you know what that means, Blake? This is how the bad lieutenant gets to New Orleans. This is... he He's the student. He's the student the st- of fucking Dan Aykroyd. Of course. He's like... All right, let me... Now, we need... We need a villain. We need a challenge. Because right now, they're both really good at fucking. And I would say, like, an Austin Powers-esque stealing of their mojo. But I don't feel... I'm not feeling that. What do you mm. think, Blake? <laughs> okay. You're good at I'm good at setting it up and you're good at knocking it down. That's why I'm asking you for advice here. Alright, who needs to what kind of villain it's it's gotta be some kind of villain who's against fucking, right? The anti fuck? The anti fuck Richard Nixon. <laughs> what? Because you know like he Richard... hated those dirty hippies and those dirty hippies were all about love and fucking. I was fixing that. I do feel like Richard Nixon likes to fuck, though. I don't feel like Richard Nixon hates fucking. What if he wants to keep all the fuck for himself? He's the fuckmonger. <laughs> He's the fuckmonger. Um, firstly, I do want to say I think this is going to win the award for the most times we ever say fuck on an episode of this <laughs> podcast. But yes, Richard Nixon is the fuckmonger. So, okay, here's or, my... Th- or should it be fuck miser? 
Because then you have potential for a great musical number. I'm Mr. Fogmeister. I'm Mr. Sperm. I'm Mr. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of having, like, the icicle hair, he's just got, like, the there's something about Mary hair where it's all sticking up in the middle. Oh, God, and it's just got... Oh, Cream. It's got danglies. It's got cream in it, and that's about it. Um, okay. So, fuck. Okay. So, I, I, okay, here's what I'm thinking. I think he sets up, you know how, like, in our high school, there, for, like, the football, there was always the football, like, playoffs that your team would go to. Or but not for, my high school. Or for, like, theater kids, there was, like, the, uh, Trumbauer, where you could go and, like, you know, compete. I think. That Richard Nixon is looking for a fuck apprentice. And so that's why he set up Fuck Bauer. But, <laughs> but, but Mr. Judge, we gotta go to the fuck-offs. Gotta go to the fuck-offs, Mr. Judge, otherwise I'm gonna, otherwise I'm gonna drop out. Like, no, that's what it is. It's a real, like, the blindside <laughs> situation where, like, he knows... Uh, he's ran into the parents of this kid, and he's like, man, if this kid don't get into school, if this kid don't get in, then we're gonna fucking, like, if, if he's gonna be on the streets in a year if I don't get him, like, this fuck apprenticeship. <laughs> and so he takes him down. I thought this was gonna be a nice funny segment about us coming up with really bad p- pickup artist shit, but instead it's become a heartwarming tale of Dan Aykroyd leading a young Nicolas Cage into fuck society. I think okay. it fits. Uh-huh, okay, so, um, what's hmm. the dark scheme behind Richard Nixon's, um, fuck Bauer? The fuck-offs. See, as people are eliminated from the fuck-offs, from the competition. Right. They are supposedly, like, kind of led led away, but they're actually led to a place where Richard Nixon steals their fuck-ability. Yes! I love it! So when they, like, they walk in, and it's, like, this cool, edgy teen with, like, tight pants on and, like, Mm -hmm. a chain wallet. Oh, wait, no, this is the 70s. Bell-bottoms, afro. They leave... Firstly, if they entered a black man, they're leaving a white man. Um, <laughs> they enter with an afro and shit, and then they leave, and they're like, well, hello, Mr. Johnson, it's nice to see you today. Nice to meet you, future President Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. And all of their mojo is taken away, baby. Yeah. Okay, I like I that. It. Now, how does... I assume that the bad lieutenant, he's too busy trying to get his fuck on to actually figure out this scheme, so... I think Richard Nixon already knows Dan Aykroyd's fuck exploits. Oh, yeah, they had to have met somewhere before. No, they went to the same fuck college. <gasps> yeah, That's what it was. And then, like, in their finals, um, Dan Aykroyd was just, like, this little bit better, and it allowed him to be the uh, fuck-a-dictorian. Fuck-a-dictorian. Yeah. Whereas uh, Richard Nixon was only a suck-a-dictorian. <laughs> So, like, they have this nice meeting over dinner one day, and Richard's just like, It's very good to see you, Dan. It's been forever, Judge. And he's like, 
yeah, yeah, I, th- I really enjoy this. And then he, like, takes a sip of his wine, then passes out, and he wakes up chained next to all the other teenagers who are getting their fuck sapped out. He's like, what are you doing to me? It's all right, Dan. Mm-hmm. I really want to take my time with you. Mm-hmm. But who's he chained up next to? Oh, that's right. It's a younger Foxy Brown, or Foxy Cleopatra, from Austin Powers <laughs> Gold's member. And she's just like, I've been working on this case for a while. Let's get, let's get out of here. And so they help. She helps Dan Aykroyd escape, and they escape. Now, how do how do we defeat Richard Nixon? How do, what's the good finale here? He's firstly, hold on. Can we just say <clears throat> Richard Nixon has a son, and this whole thing has been negotiated to try. And his son is like a wee, like a nerd, like the worst kid ever, no fuckability at all. But he's kind of like been paying his way to move forward into the tournament. And he's slowly getting better at fucking because Richard Nixon is channeling the fuck energy into him. And so, at the end, I think the finals is like a real karate kid situation. Where? (laughs) Oh, you know what? Maybe it becomes to the point where old Tricky Dick's son comes in and he learns how to sap the fuckability out of people. Maybe that's... Maybe it's his son's special power. Like, he's the one that can suck the fuck. <laughs> so now he's also a mutant. We're in the X-Men universe. Yep. He's the first mutant. But the thing is, Nicolas Cage, his fuckability potential is so great. It's so powerful. It turns into the end of that really bad Hulk movie. Where he's like, you want the fuckability? Take it! And then it's just like, no, no, no. I like the idea. I like the idea that he saps the fuck through his hands. But then at the end, he tries to suck the fuckability of Nicolas Cage, who then sends out a beam of pure fuck energy through his dick, and you get that classic, like, DBZ... Frieza versus Goku moment. Ah. <laughs> Where their beams are fighting back and forth until just pure fuck energy <laughs> shoots. And it destroys Richard Nixon's son. Because mm-hmm. we can't kill Richard Nixon because everybody knows he goes on to become president. Now, hold on. Nixon's presidential term ended in 1974. Blake, how do I be honest with you about this? I, You're not really in it for the historical. No, for the past... How long have we been going? Probably like ten minutes. The past ten minutes, I have been confusing Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon in my head. Oh, fucking hey. I'm sorry. I was just like, yeah. I was like, that's why I was like, no, that dude definitely fucks. Because I remembered him as an actor. I'm like, no, an actor fucks. First rule I mean, of acting. The thing is, Richard Nixon definitely fucked too, didn't he? Yeah, but... You know, I th- I don't think he fucked as much. That's the thing, dude. Okay, so we've got, we've got our movie, Who's Our Cast? Obviously, we've got Nicolas Cage and Dan Aykroyd. Who is going to play... I know we... Since this is being filmed now and then shot to seem like it's in the 70s, that means we have <clears> access <throat> to today's actors... May I throw in the hat? Throw in the hat for Richard Nixon's son, uh, Christopher Mintzplatz. 
I think McLovin would make an awesome little Nixon. Oh, that's a good, that's a good get. I also, like he's definitely called Lil Dick. He's definitely called Lil Dick Nixon. Oh, yeah, because, you know, um, Richard Nixon's, his moniker was Tricky Dick. So you got Tricky Dick and Lil Dick. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, his name's not even Richard, but people call him Lil Dick anyways. Okay, so I like that. Um, I think there needs to be, like, you can't have a fuck movie without there being a love interest. And I like the idea of that also taking away, oh my god, Blake. Mm-hmm. We've thought about the singles fuck competition. We've not thought about pairs. Oh, the good old couples fuck. The couple fuck. And I think that Tricky Nick is only working his way up the singles ranks. But then, like, he also wins the couples with, oh, man, what, who's he gonna be? We need a lady. We need a lady for, uh, Nick, for baby Nick Cage. Also, do we pull a, uh, solo a Star Wars movie and get someone to play a younger Nicolas Cage? No. No? <laughs> it has to be current day, old-ass Nicolas Cage. Yep. I don't... I don't think you could do a role like this without Nicolas Cage. You know, you know who I I would throw in the hat for this, and I know it's going to be a weird one. He'd have to get tanned up for it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I really like the idea of it being <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he could play it. I really think he could. Okay. Um, oh. and who is his uh, who's his love interest? Oh, Her man. name's Cassidy, by the way. Her name's definitely Cassidy. Cassie. I like that. I like that. Um, hmm. Man, this one's a toughie, because do we play the crazy girl angle, or do we just play the we need a popular actress angle? Or do we do both? Because I'm willing to have Margot Robbie in there. I was just thinking about Margot Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie would be really good, I think. Mm -hmm. I kind of want... Maybe younger, perhaps? No, because then we're getting into some creepy territory. Yeah. Mm. Let's just go with Margot Robbie for now. It's we'll, Mar we'll Mar Margot Robbie. <laughs> okay, I'm down with that. And then we've got... And then do we get someone to play? Oh, here's an idea. We already got uh, Dan Aykroyd makeuped up to be the judge. Can we also make, make up, up Dan Aykroyd so he could also play Richard Nixon? He just plays both. Yes, 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 yes. Because in the end, his ultimate enemy is technically, it's himself. It's just himself, but evil. Actually, you see what happened was, uh, Richard Nixon, he's just an extension of myself. He's an extension, or he's like Dormammu. We were once one and the same, but now we are not. But now we are different. That's who we are. <laughs> Um, and dude, the cameos for this movie are gonna be buck. Rick Flair, Rick Flair can be in there. He's probably one of the judges at Fuck oh, Fest. Yeah, all of the Ghostbusters. Austin Powers, definitely. There's no way mm -hmm. you can get out of this without Austin Powers showing up because we've already got Foxy Cleopatra. Who, by yes. the way, I think uh, I think Dan mm -hmm. Aykroyd's character never. The one regret is he never won like a couples fuck award, but he finally oh, gets one yeah. with Foxy Cleopatra. Oh. Except it's not like a romance thing. It's just they're just that both that good at fuck. They're so... Okay, so we got it. And I like fucking But Trouble as a concept, but also I can't name the episode that. So what's the name of this film gonna be? 
FBT. FBT? So it's just fucking but trouble uh, uh, abbreviated. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the, sub- the subtitle, it says the name, it's just F Star King Butt Trouble. Butt Trouble. But it still also has butt, like, very, very prominent on there. Hey, that's PG. <laughs> that's PG. Um, or do we call it um, Butt Lieutenant? <laughs> Port of Call. <laughs> butt Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> butt Lieutenant Port of Come, New Orleans. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Oh, man. Blake, do you know that people support this show? Oh, why? (laughs) I know. But, you know, there might be people out there who are really into the fact that we just said fuck for 30 minutes, and that was basically all we did. And if you want to support us, you can over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, patreon.com slash a load of BS is the website where you can go and support all of the BS network programs from Fight Boys to Opposite Attractions, all your favorites. And of course, you get access to our exclusive Discord. You get access to uh, all the exclusives we put over there. We don't do many. We're sorry. We're really bad at this right or now. Or any. I think I did something like a few uh, years ago, um, and then of been course doing this for a few years. And then of course you get shouted out every single week on the podcast, like the Patreon Saint Deborah Moore, like Scott Moore, like Miss Jenny Side, like all your favorites over at patreoncom slash a load of BS. And now Blake, it's time. Wait, wait no, wait. <laughs> Record scratch. Oh no. The finals. The finals are over. Nothing but trouble. trouble. Nothing but trouble came out of the tournament, but that means we're now alone. We have no tournament. We have nothing to talk about. Blake, what can we do? Well, Scotty, I think that we're going to need to take a look beyond the pale into the future. So, take a look beyond me. I got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> beyond the ginger. Beyond the ginger. <laughs> So and wait, so we're that, just going to predict some future shit right now? We're going to predict some future shit, and to that end, I got a nice little deck of tarot cards. How did you get tarot? Did you just fucking pick up some tarot cards? Well, you know, that's the thing, Scotty. When I moved into this, you know, new old house that's been here for a while, as I was setting things up, I just found a small box, and within them, it was all of these tarot cards that are... Very obviously from Persona. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I knew that these would have some significance in my life. And that's why during this whole episode so far, I've just been mindlessly shuffling these cards just to get the energy of the BS Okay, okay, okay. In it. And see, now that they're... They're just full of all this BS energy. I think they're full of nothing but fuck energy right now, buddy. I think that's all that we've got in there after that. Well, that's that's pretty much us at our peak, so... Yeah. Okay. What I'm gonna do is there's a, um, there's a way to tell your future using tarot cards, and there's a certain spread that we're going to use okay. called the Celtic Cross Layout. Okay, that seems good for me. Yeah. 
I thought you'd like this. It's one of the most common, but it's uh, it's pretty good. So I'm going to pull the top ten cards from this deck, and we're going to figure out what each one of these motherfuckers means. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to, like, ask a question. Well, I think you can either do it as a general question for the whole spread, or you can kind of do a... Um, just kind of a broader topic. Like, okay. where is the BS going right now? What okay. are we doing? Okay, so I, I like that idea. What is the future of a load of BS? All right. So our first card is going to be the present and what's happening to us at the present time. And let's <laughs> see what that is. One. That just means fuck. <laughs> That's it. And we got 21... The world. I can tell you right now, we are not reaching the world right now, my boy. <laughs> oh, God. What has happened? The world. <laughs> we are re Actually, no, the number was right. We're reaching probably 21 people in the entire world. Our world. Pretty much, yeah. The world can often signify that you are figuratively feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, which is not an easy place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, if we consider each person... Like, think about it like this. We've got the world on our shoulders, and each person that listens, we take them off our shoulder and cradle them in our arms. So we have the world on our shoulder because no one is getting into the cradle of the BS yet. Oh, this is nice. This card can often be a, a card of completion. You've worked hard, and you're almost or you're at the finish line. Well, I mean, I think I finished in that last segment. We so. definitely finished. And last week, we finished the BS Buckwild movie tournament, which basically was our whole lives up until this point. Oh, okay, okay, I like it. All right, all right. So that's kind of where we are right now. Okay. Um, number two is our challenge, the immediate challenge that we're facing. Okay. And that is judgment. <laughs> Before God in the world, we are being judged. It can be a card about jumping to conclusions, decisions, and of course judgments, which are oft too hastily made. I can in see that. Yep. In general, if you are intending to jump to conclusions, you can put a stop to it. If others are making these decisions about you or something or someone you care for, there's really little that you can do apart from realizing that it's their problem, not yours. Okay. Um, here's one that I like. Love, if you're in a relationship, this can be the make or break period. Oh. This is a t <laughs> oh, no. This is a time to get very clear about what you want out of life and out of your relationships. Like, I know they start off joking, but I may be actually kind of taking some of this into consideration. <laughs> I... You know, that's how these kind of things work. Afterwards, me and you are just going to sit down and be like, where do we need to go with this, man? What do you want? What do y'all want? I think that's been a long time coming, hasn't it? <laughs> you may find yourself exploring ideas in spiritual directions that you never thought would appeal to you in the slightest. Mm -hmm. This is an important time to let go of the past and any wrongs that you perceive were done to you or any wrongs that we did to the world. Okay. Like the last segment. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Alright, card three is the past. This represents 
events that have led up to our present situation that may provide some insight to the challenge the coming just about. Said, the card just says shit. Shit. This is this is our past, and it is the Empress. Oh. Interesting. Let's see what the Empress has in. Uh, hmm. Archetype of feminine power. She is watery, hard to fathom, mysterious, fertile, and sexual. <laughs> they knew! They heard! Oh, here's a good one. People are going to be more attracted to you than usual, and you're likely to find people on your doorstep wanting your advice or a shoulder to cry on. I know. We sh- Should we start doing advice? I, mean, I, I don't want it to be an advice podcast, but if people got questions... We don't have answers. We don't, but we can come up with some, all of them yep. relating to making Nicolas Cage fuck you. Um, if you're trying to get pregnant, pregnant, this is an excellent sign that this may be forthcoming. Sick, awesome, we're gonna have a baby. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, that's the past, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, card number four is the future. What does the future hold? Okay, This okay. is the next few weeks or even months, and that is the hermit. <laughs> we're gonna be taking a break, guys. We'll be back in seven, seven months. Just like with the strength card, you may even more so be in the frame of mind that you need some time alone. Don't be afraid to take it, even if it's just a five-minute walk around the house so that you can clear your head. Uh, You are nearing the point where work success and recognition are well within your grasp. Oh, oh, hey, hey, okay, that's good. All right, all right, this will pay off for you in ways that aren't clear yet. Do the right thing, even if nobody is watching. Um, dance like no one is watching. Dance. Health. Ritual of any sort will be helpful to you health-wise. Any health problems could be drawing attention to a problem that is not in your body so much as in your life. Okay. I got like so, a headache. I got like a headache right now. Yeah, the keyword is introspection. So that's what our future holds. We, got- we really got to think about this shit. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right. 5 above. This card reflects our current goals, aspirations, or best outcome with regard to the situation. Please don't be death. Oh. Seventh. Oh. It is the star, but it is the star reversed. Oh. Now see, sometimes a card will come to you upside down, which is in its reversed place. Is that not a like a satanic symbol, an upside-down star? A certain star, but not this one. Okay. You're likely to find yourself feeling rather inspired. In many ways, this yeah. card indicates the calm after the storm. Okay. Um, in reversal, you should still be feeling more hopeful about the future and more confident that your needs, whether emotional or financial, will be met. Okay, so I like I like this idea. So our goals are essentially to get this to a place where, like... It can become a job. It is also a place where it feels like all the work is behind us. So, yeah, I like that idea. That is, like, a goal, I think. We've kind of set the stage, and we've really got a good base going. You could find... You find reason to be more optimistic and helpful. It indicates that you may have a lot of powerfully positive opportunities in front of you, which you are not seeing. Okay. So, like, if there's, like, a dude who's listening to this show who's also a movie producer... And we don't see exactly. him. Exactly. We don't see him because he's not commenting on our YouTube videos. 
you really need to comment on those videos. Like, subscribe. Greg? Greg. Like, comment, and surpri su surprise surprise us. Surprise us. Number six, below. This card reflects that which is within the subconscious realm of the querent and delves much deeper into the core foundation of the situation. Now wait, are we both the querent or am I the querent? I think we both, I think the BS as a whole is. Okay. And so that card is the magician. Yeah, it's me. It's about making higher and better use of all of one's power, spiritual, emotional, and otherwise. Okay. You may notice that many, uh, synchronicities? Synchronicity. I've never seen that word before. You may notice that many synchronicities uh, which point towards deep spiritual events taking place regardless of the importance of their superficial appearance. Okay. So, apparently there's some stuff going on below. Okay. There will be an improvement in your work or career life. Okay, I like that. That's good. Yeah, bigger and better things, definitely a possibility. So, like, I'm also going into, like, other meanings for the magician, which is, like, transformation almost. So, like, we, I think the show could transform, maybe. Oh, I, I know that's something you've been wanting for a while. <laughs> well, I don't mean, like, a full transformation. I just mean, like, I don't know, like, something subconscious to get us somewhere bigger and better. I don't know. We're definitely transforming. We're always transforming. We're, we're the fuck beasts. We're the fuck beasts. We are the, the, but, the butt lieutenants. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we got all, we got right. those cards. What we got up next? Um, all right, card seven, advice. The card takes into account all that is happening within our lives and pre presents a recommendation for what approach can be taken to address current challenges. And what we have is 11, Death. which is justice reversed. Justice! With the reverser up right, justice deals with the idea of karma and the law of cause and effects. Okay. Um, in reverse, this card can mean that you are feeling currently as though something, as though something happening in your life is particularly unjust. You may well be correct. We've been doing this for two years, and we've not got the recognition we deserve. We a need, single sponsor, damn it. We need justice. We need MeUndies. Uh, there may not be a great deal you can change in the short term, but think critically and logically about what is happening, and do not allow emotion to make you cut off your nose to spite your face. Okay. Um... Even with the justice in reverse, in the context of health, we are reminded that it is important to stay in the moment and pay attention to how we are endeavoring to keep a sense of balance in our lives. Okay. So, that's our advice. Seek justice. Get, keep, stay balanced. Don't fuck anything up. Yep. Am I missing anything? Are you taking anything else away from that? Um, yeah, uh, get a, get a sponsor in. <laughs> Zamplebox.com. Help us out, guys. You're really dope. You're a dope vape subscription service, and we want to sponsor you. All right. So we are at number eight, external influences. Okay. This card highlights the people, energies, or events um, 
and which will affect the outcome of the questions. So, 14, temperance, reversed. Don't oh. be temperate! Drink everything! <laughs> oh, it is a card about balance in relationship of all kinds. Friendship, family, romantic partnerships, and work partnerships all in need of your particular attention and nourishment. Okay. Even with reverse, all of your relationships are likely to be going quite well, generally speaking. You may be receiving and positively ignoring some constructive criticism, which actually could be quite helpful to you. Look at your deeper personal issues and see if or how these are standing in your way. So it's about friendship and it's which card? The temperance. It's the, and it's the uh, external R thing. So I think it's... Yeah. What I'm taking away from it is in the BS network scheme of things, I have been very much the control boy and I've kind of done things without consulting my second, my lieutenant, when there's uh -huh. reckoning to be reckoned. Uh-huh. And I think I need to... What I'm getting from it, I need to improve my communication with my with my lieutenant. To be fair, if I am a lieutenant in this situation, I'm a very bad lieutenant. <laughs> I'm a very butt lieutenant. I'm a big butt lieutenant. I'm Like, yeah, I like this idea. Like, stepping up and keeping communication and figuring shit out and... I mean, come yeah. on, working together, buddy. That's good. It is important to look at how you and your relationships are or not, in, or are not in balance. It's a good time to consider what others are bringing to your life and vice versa. You may feel like you're giving 300% to a relationship when your partner is not even giving 100%. Yep. Yup. Oh. All right, hard hits on both sides with the temperance card. There we go. Like, there were some, like, uh, what was it, the Enchantress? No, the Maiden, whatever that one was. I was like, that oh. one doesn't hit. And then there are a lot of these where I'm like, that fucking hits. I like some... that. Can this just be like a every 20 episodes thing? We just ask it a question and get some fucking shit going? I like that. Um, Number nine, of course, moving on. Hopes and or fears. Okay. Perhaps one of the most dis difficult positions to interpret. Keep in mind that hopes and fears are closely intertwined. Therefore, that which we hope for may also be that which we fear. And so may fail to happen. Sometimes it is useful to draw a second card for clarification after the reading has been laid and read together. Okay. So this is our hopes and fears. It's the devil. <laughs> yes! He's come to us, Blake. God. It, it is not as frightening a card to interpret as the depiction on most cards indicate. It is a card about bondage, but often this bondage is metaphoric and internal. Um... It is important for you to remember that no matter what your situation, that you always have options to choose from. First thing first, don't let other people tell you that your options are limited. If you come to that conclusion, be sure that you are coming to it on your own. Regardless, it will be crucial to remember that you can free yourself from whatever restrictions are holding you back at any time you choose to do so. Okay. So, it's, like, if you're, if you're kind of dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight... You can always say no. Yeah, yeah. 
so what I'm taking from this, like, I have a hope that, because, like, and, and I guess we're going to, like, part the kimono and say things about the show. Like, I don't know. I kind of want you to be, like, more bonded to this show, but, like, also that's kind of a fearful thing because, like, that would mean we have to kind of give up more life stuff. Like, I would have to give up a whole lot more travel and... I would have to give yep. up a whole lot. Like, I, instead, like, the way I edit right now is kind of bullshit because I edit, like, at twice the speed and I don't do as much stuff as I used to because I, quote-unquote, don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of things in life that kind of keep me away from being able to do stuff as often, so our kind of recording schedule has been up in the air for a while. Right. So it's really managing the bondage. Managing, between. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a matter of, like, fearing the bondage because it would take away from a lot of the stuff in our lives, but also wanting it because I feel like it would be a hope because it would also mean that if we get bonded to this, it would become our job, basically. It would become, like, a career, which would also mean that sponsors would come and a lot of cool stuff would come out of it. So, yeah, I I, I see that vibe. I got that vibe off that one. Should we draw a second one or... Or are there any more cards? Oh, there are plenty more cards. You may very well feel trapped in a job that you detest, but you can't see the way clear to leave because of the security. Consider the trade-offs. If you're in a long-term romantic relationship, one or both parties may have gotten to the point where they feel as though they are trapped in the situation. Okay. Um, this is a time that you need to watch out for being overworked, overtired, and overstressed. God, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, do you want to draw another one for clarification? Yeah, well, hold on, do we have any more cards in our... Oh, we've got one more, yeah. What's the next one? Outcome. This card represents where the situation is headed and if, how the issues will be resolved. What What do you think? Should we do another one for, um, that last card, or do we just go straight to that? I think maybe have a little bit more clarification. Okay, let's have a little bit more clarification on it. Right. Our more clarification is five, and that is the Hierophant. The Hierophant? The Hierophant. Okay. Um, it is very much about doing the right thing. You may be struggling with an issue that you are unsure of what is right for you to do. Know that the answers are within you. Remember that the right thing is what is right for you also. Okay. Card I, I, is, I see that. Yeah, so like be careful of bondage and do the right thing. And like going back to the idea of like being afraid of that bondage, I'm afraid of like giving up time, but it would technically be the right thing to put more work into this. So, yeah, okay, I see that. That's that that actually did help with some clarification cuz it went from yeah. a are you afraid of this, but it's also your hope to a you need to do the right thing and focus on your work. Exactly. So, what is the last one? The outcome. Outcome of what we're going to be doing. And here it is. Five, six, eight. Strength. Oh, yeah! Ah. So, our outcome, the representative of where our situation is headed... Strength indicates the importance of mind over matter and reminds you to focus on what 
you do want rather than what you don't want. Right. Its main point is that you have the ability to harness your thoughts and use them for yours and everyone else's highest good. Not only do you have the ability, you have the responsibility. So conquer your fears, control your impulses, and never lose patience with yourself or what you're doing. Yeah. It's important now for you to make time to meditate and contemplate and spend time alone even if you're committed to a relationship and have 19 children. What? Uh, that, that's an interesting description. I have, Do not allow I mean, yourself I have, to... I have three other children. They're called Fight Boys, Opposite Attractions, and Fun Fiction. <laughs> uh, outward things will be going all right, but what is the most paramount importance is keeping your head on straight. Right. Okay. All right, work Work should be going well. If you're looking for work, know that you have the wherewithal and the skill set to find it. If you aren't already employed, there is room for upward mobility. Don't hesitate to negotiate for what you're worth. Okay, I dig that. Yeah, love should be going very well if you're committed. This is very likely to be a strong relationship that is mutually supportive and beneficial. So as long as we take the time to commit, it'll be good. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. I like that. I, I really do like that. And guess what I just figured out, Blake? Hmm? When this comes out, it will be the official two-year anniversary of A Load of BS. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm happy we kind of did this breakdown of, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff. And I like the idea of this, like, strength gonna be the outcome of us kind of getting stronger in our resolve to do things. Because, like, I don't know. One of the things that, like... I always come back to when I think about this show is the fact that it's it's the flagship show of the BS network. It right. is the biggest show, but I I kind of don't treat it like I like it is. Like I'm just like it's just one of the other shows. It's it's whatever. And so I don't kind of treat it with the respect that it needs to be treated with. And I don't know. I, I like the idea that as we keep working, I'll have the strength to be like, "No, no, no. This is this is the best show. It's the one I should be most proudest of." It's, I mean, yeah. we say it is the greatest podcast of all damn time. We should treat it as such. Exactly. Especially because we, on our network, we also do the worst podcast of all time. <laughs> yeah, we're, hashtag all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, dude. I, I, like, I that. like that. I really like the, uh, I like breaking it down. I liked going through all that. And I, I, I like the idea of coming back to that like every couple of, like yeah. every 20 episodes maybe and just seeing maybe, where we're going Or next. maybe we make it like our yearly review. The yearly BS review where we like it down. that could be our anniversary thing. Yeah, okay. I like that. All right. So, um Blake Tanner, it's been an episode. We're definitely going to start having more conversations, I think. Yep. And uh what did you learn this week? I learned that the devil is all about that bondage. <laughs> And I learned that through all the work, through all the pain, through all of what we do, we're going to end up getting stronger. And also, Nicolas Cage is the butt lieutenant. But lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Blake, uh, where can they find you on the internet, my boy? You can find me. Um, I do readings at supertarot.com now. Um, no. You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. 
and doing this podcast and our other podcast on the network Fight Boys. That's right, and you can find me on Twitter at a load or at Scotty Mo. That's S C O T T Y E M O. And make sure to buy all my books on Amazon. The Queasel Corp trilogy is finally out. It's a series I'm super proud of. I'm happy I finally finished it, but like I, I, you can actually really see my growth as an author between the three. And then, of course, BS versus the Gods. It's a book about me and Blake where we fight off Grecian gods. It's this epic kind of supernatural-esque story. Like, I talked to my mom earlier today about the books, and she was like, well, Quizzle Corp's all right, but BS versus the Gods is awesome because it's, like, supernatural. And I was like, all right, thank, thanks, mom. <laughs> and so, yeah, check all that out. And make sure if you've got Audible or if you want to sign up for a free 30-day trial, you can get Quizzle Corp, Quizzle Corp Risen, and then sometime either this month or the next month, the, B- the BS versus the Gods audiobook should be coming out. I record all of them myself, so you can check all that out online. And make sure to check out the rest of the shows online at a load of pure BS adapt. Um, we got Fight Boys, so if you like Blake, check out Fight Boys, because it's us just talking about pro wrestling. A lot of beautiful stuff comes out of that. Opposite Attractions, where me and my buddy Jim Murphy, we build our own theme park, and then Fun Fiction, where me and my best friend Brenna Clark, we get together every single re- week. We read fan fiction about different movies that we're really into that week, and yeah, it's usually really lovely and absolutely fantastic, so make sure to check all that out as well. Ladies and gentlemen, and of course, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, Greg, you fucking Hollywood moogle, you, make sure to leave a comment down below about what you liked from the episode, rate, subscribe, do all that, and then if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us, do the same thing over there. Every single little rate helps. Every single little bit you guys can do helps. We love getting feedback whenever we do, so make sure to check that all out. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Buy our merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Donate to the Patreon. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. And remember, you can find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS. Except no substitutes. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>